I remember my father coming to me and he said, Joni, if you get baptized, you will never regret that. Hello and welcome back to the Bishop's Office. This week I've got another conversion experience for you, this time with Joni Soinen. I hope you enjoy it. Well, appreciate you catching up with me today, Yoni, to speak about your conversion experience. How are you? I'm very good. Great. Well, where's the relevant place for us to start? You weren't born in Australia. Did you want to tell us a little bit about your childhood in Finland? Well, I was born in Finland. Um, I, we lived in a city called Turku, which used to be the capital city of Finland and the oldest city in Finland until I was 12. Uh, when um, my father decided that um, uh, he wanted to go somewhere where it was a little bit warmer. And so Australia was the destination. Contrary to what my mom wanted, she did not want to leave Finland. Uh, but that was uh, insistence that we would come to a country that um, would give us more opportunities. And I'm glad that we did. I mean, you know, I just love this country and it's, uh, you know, it has given us the opportunities and the blessings that, um, including the gospel, which yeah. I'm very grateful for. So what, what, tell me about your relationship with God growing up. Was, was there a religion in the family? Was, you know, family prayer something that was done at dinner times or anything like that? Uh, uh, no. Uh, the interesting thing is that my father and mother were different religions. My father was a Pentecostal, my mother was a Seventh-day Adventist, and they were very involved in their church, but it wasn't something that was practiced in, in our home. I can't remember having conversations with my dad or mother about religion. So I guess growing up, were there any experiences that fostered a belief in God? Well, I used to attend my dad's church sometimes on Sundays and then other times I would go to my mom's church on Saturdays. And so I did have that particular element in our, in our lives that we attended uh, Sunday school. We would go to uh, summer camps. Uh, one year we would go to dad's church summer camp and then the next year to my mom's. And so we had that element uh, in our lives. Um, I discovered probably when I was about 10, I had a situation where I decided that I would pray and ask Heavenly Father's help. I was going to, going to be in trouble. I can't remember exactly the reason I was going to be in trouble, but it wasn't my fault. It wasn't, but I knew that my father would misinterpret it and I would be blamed for it. And so I prayed that... Um, he would be understanding and um, when I got home uh, he didn't even mention it and I thought well see this prayer thing it does work the Lord definitely answers your prayers so from then on okay you know I would um, uh, pray from time to time. So you've jumped on a boat you've come to Australia what were the circumstances that led up to your being introduced to the gospel then? Well, since I was probably about 16, I decided that religion was going to be part of my life. I had been reading the scriptures or the Bible at that time, and I think I had almost completed reading the Old Testament, and 
I now needed to make a decision. Am I going to join my father's church or my mother's church? And then I had another friend who had another religion. So there's about three or four options that I had. And so I thought, well, how in the world am I going to decide which one of those would be right? You know, I don't have the wisdom or the experience, or I don't know enough to make that selection. So um, because I had been reading the Old Testament, I sort of knew that the Lord will answer your prayers. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you have the faith, he will let you know, and he will um, help you. And so I uh, decided that I would ask my Heavenly Father. And so um, one day I just drove my car up in Adelaide Hills, close to a chain of ponds. And um, I parked my car on the side of the road and I walked into this forest. And uh, I thought, well, that's a nice, quiet place to pray. So I went and kneeled down. And I've never done that before. I can't remember ever kneeling before. And I was in this wooded area and I just asked my Heavenly Father and said, look, I have to make a decision. I, I believe in you. I believe that um, you have a purpose for me in this life and, uh, and that you want me to, to have the faith and, and believe and to follow Christ. But I, I haven't got the wisdom. I don't know which way to go, which religion to choose. And uh, so that was my prayer, basically. Uh, and having the confidence, I, I knew that I had done what was expected of me. And so now it was up to the Lord to answer me. Did you uh, feel anything at the time? Or was it just this sort of calm reassurance that when the time was right, the answer would come? Yeah, I, I, I knew that now it was up to the Lord that I had demonstrated the faith and I had asked him but I had the confidence that the Lord would answer my prayers. So you drive up into the hills, you have your own sacred grove experience. Um, What happens next? Well, I just came home and probably within um, a week, 10 days I came home one day and my mum was there and uh, she said, oh some Mormon missionaries came knocking uh, to a door this afternoon and they asked if they could come back and teach us about or, or give us a message that they have to share. Would I be interested? And I said, why not? My mom seemed to be. She was very interested. And then, of course, I realized that there was more to it, to that story, because my mom and my father had had dealings with the missionaries while we were in Finland. The elders used to come to, to our home uh, to teach my parents English because we were coming to Australia and of course they didn't speak English. Now, my dad being a very strong Pentecostal and he was an elder in the Pentecostal church. Firstly, allowing the elders to come to our, our home was a bit unusual. But what uh, made sense was when we came to Australia, and this is about five years later, we've been living in Australia for five years now, and when the elders came to our home, he was quite happy for them to come. When the members of his church heard that he had allowed elders to come into our 
home, they actually chastised him and said he should not allow those people to come into his home or to teach um, his wife and his children. Now, why he allowed them to come is because he had had the experience in Finland. But specifically, I remember him talking about some of the elders and he was amazed how quickly they had learned Finnish, which is considered to be the most difficult language to learn, you know. So I think my father had this impression that there was something unique about the missionaries, and therefore he never stopped them from coming into our home, though he got a lot of, a lot of pressure from his church. What do you remember from the, um, the lessons that were taught? When the others came, my first impression was, this is what I've been waiting for. There was a bit of a conflict between mom and dad when it came to religion. You know, there were two different religions and they didn't agree on a number of things. So I knew the things that I liked and things I didn't like about their religion. And now when I heard the missionaries were talking about the church being, you know, families came first, family relations and uh, eternal families and so on. This was called something unique and something different. And so anyway, the you know, missionaries came back and started teaching us and we had attended the church in Prospect Ward at that time. And so um, uh, I enjoyed going to the meetings and I just felt that there was something special about it. So um, was there a particular experience that led to the family making a decision to be baptized? Well, my father never did, or my older brother. My mother and my sister and my brother got baptized a week earlier than I did. Looking back now, I think I was looking for a confirmation that this was going to be the the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. I remember my father coming to me because the missionaries had asked me uh, if I would be baptized the following week. And I said, well, I would pray about it. And uh, my father knew that I was doing that, that I was uh, sort of trying to make the decision. And he came to me, I think it was a day or two before, and he said, Yoni, if you get baptized, you will never regret that, which was quite unusual coming from him. You know, you think he would have been saying, well, look, come and join my church, but, you know, which was like an answer to my prayers. I was going to be baptized, but just him saying those words was sort of confirmation. And what do you remember from your baptism and confirmation? Well, all I can really think is that something important had taken place in my life. This was a new chapter, and I, I made a decision you know, because I, I have been coming to church for a little while and I have seen people join the church and then some that haven't stayed, not only in our church, but in other churches. And I made a commitment then that that wouldn't happen with me. I would attend all my meetings on Sundays and never miss a meeting. I would pay tithing. And I think I have kept those two promises if nothing else <laughs> no that's wonderful and uh, i just love the um seriousness with which you both made the decision to get baptized and to 
I guess, the commitment to, to live the gospel after being baptized? I mean, the, the gospel has been a joy. And, uh, you know, I have never questioned the decision that I have made. Uh, it has always been a, a great, great blessing. Even my father often commented at what a difference it had made in my life, at, you know, the change it had brought about. It's interesting, isn't it? Because objectively, I think you probably were a very similar person, if not almost the same pre and post baptism, right? But people seem to be able to discern almost an interchange, can't they? And certainly you're doing some things differently on the outside. But I just think it's interesting that those closest to us and know us the best can tell that, you know, the gospel is changing us. Um, so tell me briefly about meeting your wife, Christina. Well, I was uh, part of pain and ward at that particular time. And Christina had just moved from Elizabeth to Adelaide. She's um, commenced her nursing training at the Royal Adelaide Hospital. And so she's moved into our ward. And uh, they had a golden green pole coming up at the dance. And uh, somebody was selling the tickets and they asked her if she was coming to a golden green ball. And um, I happened to be behind her and she said, well, she's not sure yet. She, she hasn't got anybody. She hasn't, you know, has asked her or she hasn't asked. And um, I just happened to be there. And so I just said to her, well, would you come with me? And she said, well, yes. And so that was it. So we... I went to a poem. I, I was 19 at the time, and she was a bit younger than me. We started dating, and we dated for a few years, and, and then we got married. And how do you think the gospel influenced the way that you and Christina raised a family? Well, it's made all the difference. I think, uh, you know, Christina is a very faithful person. You know, she has a great testimony, always has had a great testimony. Uh, the church um, and the gospel living was something that she wanted in her family and in her life. And we both were coming from the same direction and we had the same values and same vision that, you know, the gospel was going to be our life permanently. And we wanted to embrace it and live it. I thought we had <clears throat> a little bit different ideas on the size of our family. I thought I would have been quite happy with just two children. And uh, I know <laughs> Christina wanted more, but uh, she's, when I did ask her, well, what do you think? Well, I'm happy with two. And she said, oh, maybe four. So we ended up with her four and my two, and the Lord threw one bonus over that. So we ended up with seven. Yeah, that's great. And so talk to me about making the decision to go and serve a mission with Christina. Well, that was always on uh, guards. You know, it was just a matter of when I finished work. Christina kept telling me to finish earlier. I, I finished when I was 64. But, you know, two or three years before that, she sort of suggested that I finish and, you know, we could go earlier. And I said, well, I wasn't ready. yet. I still felt that I had things to do at work. But the day I finished work, we started filling in our mission papers. And then uh, when we fill in the papers, um, you know, it asks if you had any preferences, where would you like to serve or 
what type of mission you would like to serve. And we left that open, uh, so we were prepared to go anywhere. Then, probably about three months after, we commenced our mission. A year before, we still had three of our children living at home. And we thought, well, you know, it would be nice for them to be married before we actually go on our mission. And um, we had our last wedding two weeks before left for our mission. So all of our seven children were married. Talk to me um, about the type of work that you guys were doing over there. Was it, were you knocking on doors? Were you doing leadership work? What, what were you guys mainly engaged in? Well, first, when we received our mission papers, it was a member leadership training. And then we heard that they wanted us to be involved with young adults in Finland. But when we got to Finland, uh, we met with our mission president and uh, he wanted to get to know us. We met with him for probably hour and a half, two hours. And then uh, during that conversation, Christina, for some reason, asked him about Kemi. You know, we by that time, because we had previously been to Finland and Christina knew cities, you know, it's one of the smaller cities in Finland and why in the world she would have <laughs> asked about Kemi, she still doesn't know. And then he looked at her and he was really surprised. And uh, then he, without saying much, he just uh, called me aside and he said, I, I need to see you. And so we went into another room and he just said to me, look, I wasn't going to do this, but um, I just felt inspired to call you to be the branch president of Kemi. This is on your first day? That was our first day. We, 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 just, we just arrived there and Kemi is about 850 kilometers from, from Helsinki. Oh, wow. you, know, it's, uh, you know, right up in the north, it's, it's uh, at Arctic Circle, mm. you know, in Lapland. Mm. And so um, my goal was to be the branch president and, uh, and then we were running the institute program up in the north and then we are proselyting missionaries because uh, they had had missionaries in Kemi, but they had been removed. Mm. So those were the three main, main assignments that we had. That's great. And Christina served as a counsellor in the Relief Society Presidency. And as you reflect on that period of time, are there particular spiritual experiences that stand out that you're happy to share with us? The whole experience of... Um, Getting to know the members, they became our family. You know, we visited every family in the branch. This particular unit had been quite a large unit. They had a beautiful chapel in the city. Kemi was a timber and paper manufacturing city, but a lot of the work had now moved to another places in Finland or overseas. So more than half the membership of Kemi had moved out because uh, it was the factories that kept people there employed. So the branch had become quite small, but being able to know the people, being able to teach, you know, we at one time we had a pool of five couples that we were teaching, but, you know, we had wonderful relationship with those couples and they all wanted us to come and visit them and to teach them, but none of them were really interested in <laughs> baptized, except for one. We had, we baptized um, one sister. We had opportunity of 
taking the members and some of the new members uh, to a temple in Helsinki. So we, I think we visited the Helsinki temple five times while on our mission uh, because uh, being the branch president, I'm, the mission presidents just told us, well, you know, you're not just missionaries, you're the branch president. You decide where you go, when you go and what you do. And, you know, our experience was that all of the branches, uh, they had a very high activity rate. So, you know, you would get uh, 50 or 60 percent of uh, members there attending church. Um, and, you know, when you went on your mission, you'd obviously been married for uh, a long time. Your seven kids were all married. But how did your relationship with Christina change during your, your missionary service? Well, you see each other you know, 724, you constantly with each other and so on. So you you learn to appreciate and you learn to rely on the Lord. You know, you prayed a lot, uh, you fasted a lot uh, because you wanted Lord's blessings and direction in your lives. So, you know, you would, you know, you leave in the morning, you have your prayers and then you come home for lunch and you have more prayers because you're praying for somebody else that particular afternoon or the people that you're visiting or you're teaching or you're praying that you meet somebody at the library or at the street. We didn't do that much door knocking. It was mainly, you know, going to a libraries and uh, public buildings and, and on the streets that we would perhaps meet people. But I, I think it definitely brought us closer together you know we appreciate it and maybe just finally um you know if there are couples in the ward that are eligible to serve and are perhaps in two minds about whether or not the time is right or if they should serve what advice would you have for them make it a priority you know if you want blessings if you want your life to change for better if you want to demonstrate that you love the Lord and his children. I think you want to do that. If you're in a position to do that, if you, you know, got enough health and uh, finances aren't that important because uh, particularly if you're serving in Australia and if you're serving close to home, it doesn't cost any more than living at home, really serving a mission. So look, I mean, we have served now two missions. We would love to serve another one uh, if uh, the time allows us and if the opportunity arises, yeah, we would like to do it again. So there's no better time. There's no better experience for couples, senior couples, is than serving a mission. Highly recommended. Well, thank you, Yoni. It's great to hear about um, how you came to find the true church and the blessings that it's been in your life and then the experiences that you had in Finland. It's just been really, really enjoyable to hear about your experiences. And, you know, can I just add, you know, I knew that the Lord had answered my prayers. I knew that he wanted me to be baptized and to join the church. But he has made it known to me many times after that, that the decision that I made was the right one. And, uh, you know, I have had some very special spiritual experiences, which has confirmed that, that I know that this is the Lord's church and um, how he loves us and how important we are to him. Uh, He has blessed us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Yoni about his conversion. I'm just blown away by how fervently he was searching for the true church. 
Well, that's all I have for you today until I speak to you again here in the Bishop's Office.